passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens face Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania I fought for three years for my dream for my dream to go back in there and compete to go back in there and wrestle And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens tried to take that away from me. Well, I don't care how many times you kick me in the face. I don't care how many times you powerbomb me on the apron. Daniel Bryan is back, and Daniel Bryan will fight at WrestleMania! As if they don't have too much on their plates The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade They'll talk about the things they did that day They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H Rewind to Smackdown 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 It is Tuesday night, that means it is Rewind to Smackdown time here at postwrestling.com I am John Pollock here alongside Waiting and together, Way and I spend considerable years off of our lives watching wrestling, which just slowly adds up week after week, and we have another three hours of it to go through tonight. How are you, Way? I'm good. You know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master any craft. Have we mastered the art of watching professional wrestling? Is there an art to watching Raw? There certainly isn't an art to watching some programming. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if 10,000 hours of Thunder would be uh, conducive. I don't think they even produce 10,000 hours of Thunder. Yeah. I'm not sure. But Raw, uh, that's another question. Uh, well, I certainly feel like we're opti- – like, at least I don't know about you, John, but when I watch Raw, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very efficient with my time. I try to get through that thing as soon as I can. And, I, you know, most weeks it, it, it doesn't feel as much of a chore as it did uh, when, when it first started. So uh, today I was working. And I just had this other screen on. And I decided to just throw on the the WWE Network, just to have something on in the background uh, with the sound off. And I just put on this like random episode of Raw. And it, it features the build-up to the WrestleMania in Chicago with Triple H and John Cena. And this Triple H workout video comes on. This is 2006. And... It is Triple H with his personal trainer. I implore everyone to go back and look at this guy from March of 2006. I can't remember the date. It was the last draw before WrestleMania. And Hunter is working out with this guy who is the closest proximity to a tank 
that a human can possibly look at. It is ridiculous. His trainer or Hunter? His trainer. I mean, Hunter looks crazy, too, in 2006, but his trainer is just something else. Okay. Like, I'm sure there are doorways this man cannot walk in straight. Like, he would have to angle his body to get through. I can't imagine this guy can put his hands over his head. I don't even know how I came up with this random story at all. I just saw it today. So Triple H trained with a really big guy. Oh, my God. It was just crazy. I I, I think it just it was uh, it was just funny that we just saw uh, Hunter with with Joe DeFranco on Monday night. And we look at Hunter's workout regime in in 2006. It was much different. He's been training for a long time. Yeah. And he's 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 switched trainers along the way. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, I guess we should, should we get into any news before or do you well, want it? Yeah, there's, there's major news. Uh, my question is, are we doing an extra review tonight of the return of Roseanne? Um, no, I, I didn't get that memo. Maybe that'll oh. be a Patreon exclusive. Roseanne returned tonight. Were you ever a Roseanne watcher? Oh God, no. <laughs> Were Not you? at all. No. Yes. You say that like, like you're surprised. Am I supposed to have... Be a fan of Roseanne? This was like a staple of uh, 90s viewing. Not in my house. So the premise now is that uh, everyone's grown up. Dan is back from the dead. Uh, and everyone's now back living at home in the Connor residence in Chicago. And the only thing you need to know is that Roseanne and Jackie are at odds. Because Jackie is this extreme liberal that is still reeling from Hillary's loss, and Roseanne is a Trump voter. Well, that sounds brilliant. And I don't even know who Jackie is. Jackie is Roseanne's sister on the show. Oh, okay. And that's all I've watched. I just turned off now when you called, because um, Becky was announcing that at 43, she is going to uh, carry a baby for a sperm donor. Is John Goodman on it? Yes, he is Dan, the husband of Roseanne. Oh. So how does everybody look? Older. I mean, that series went off, God, maybe 20 years ago? A long time ago. Okay. But I mean, how do they look good for their age? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone looks... You know, John Goodman has aged a lot. Um, and John Goodman is one of my favorite actors. I think he's outstanding. Um, yeah, everyone looks older, but they're all... You know, you can tell it's all them. I mean, I gotta look up this cast. Okay. The only ones who are not back are um, uh, what's his name, David, which is the guy you would m- most would associate with Big Bang Theory. He does yeah. not appear to be on the series. He's moved on. Um, they killed off Becky's husband, Mark. He's apparently died. Is Tom Arnold on, on it? No, Tom Arnold is not on this. He is not. Okay. Um. Who else is on or on? Uh, DJ's story is that he served in Syria and his wife is still deployed overseas. Uh, we have Darlene, who is at home. And I don't, I've only watched 20 minutes of this, so I don't know how they've explained. Maybe David's dead too, for all I know. Maybe both brothers, Mark and David, are dead, which is always weird that these two brothers married two sisters. Uh, yeah, sorry, I I got nothing to add here. I'm I, sorry. I was, I was I was here for SmackDown. Not I, not. I, a, I was ex- I was expecting like a huge nostalgia conversation no. here about Roseanne, but we'll move on. Sorry. What do you um before we start with SmackDown, we should uh, talk about a bit of uh, what's going on on the site this week. Sure. 
Well, what's going on on the site this week, Way? Well, of course, you're listening to this, which is uh, Rewind to SmackDown. But tomorrow, make sure you are subscribed to Keep It 2000 because they have a brand new episode dropping. What, do you know what, what, uh, what episode of Nitro they'll be talking about? This is the July 3rd, 2000 episode of Nitro, which is the Nitro before the Bash at the Beach, which is a very famous pay-per-view in WCW history because that is the uh, Hulk Hogan laying down for Jeff Jarrett stupidity and Vince Russo uh, shoot work interview. Uh, So lots of insanity to come on the Keep It 2000 podcast over the next couple of months as we enter this territory. Uh, But July 3rd, 2000, and uh, that's what Brian and Nate are chatting about this week. And then on Thursday, well, actually, Keep It 2000 usually drops about Thursday midnight. uh, And on Thursday afternoon, you will get up next, their second edition, and they'll be talking about tomorrow night's NXT. Yes, as we watch... um, the positivity of bartender Dave and how quickly he can break Braden Harrington. It's an interesting dynamic. Coming, coming up on Friday for our Patreon patrons, we have our this month's uh, next month's edition of Ask Away where we answer all of your questions. And then on Sunday, also for our Patreon patrons, we have our review of New Japan Pro Wrestling Sakura Genesis show. That's right, and we do have a card for Sakura Genesis. Um, we'll go through the whole thing here. Uh, they announced it. Have you had a chance to look at the card yet? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. 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 I guess the big matches, you have Kazuchika Okada against Zack Sabre Jr., and they have also announced Will Ospreay defending the junior heavyweight title against Marty Skrull, as well as the Golden Lovers against Cody and Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a lot of tag matches and very strange match with the Young Bucks opening up the card against Chase Owens and Yujiro. So, man, that loss at Strong Style Evolved has set them back. Hmm. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe it's just due, due to the nature of the, the tag team matches, but um, they are, I imagine there to be a lot more story, you know, carrying uh, stem, stemming from Strong Style Evolved leading into this. So that's coming up on Sunday on the site. And also another thing on Wednesday, we will have on the site uh, an interview that Dan Lebransky has done with Liam O'Rourke, who is the author of the great book, Crazy Like a Fox, the definitive uh, collection of Brian Pillman 20 years later. This book is phenomenal. So uh, we'll have an interview with the author of that book coming up Wednesday at postwrestling.com. And John Pollock will be releasing his Roseanne podcast Oh, I don't know if I'll have time. I don't have a co-host. I thought I might tonight, but I I do not. What would you call it? Roseanne away? Uh, I would call it... um, Oh, uh, that isn't one that just uh, strikes me instantly. Maybe something like uh, like the the lunch pod, much like the the restaurant, the the lunch box, which is the diner that Roseanne owned. And then anyway... Don't we don't ju- we don't just set the bar. We we Roseanne the bar. Oh, that's, oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not really, bad. It's really bad. Sorry. Uh, let's get this back down. Okay. Uh, do we just go right into the show? Do you want to talk about the big news coming out of the show? How do you want to? Uh, well, let's address this? the Shane McMahon thing. How about that? What what any updates about that uh, other than what we found out on SmackDown? Okay, so I did inquire uh, internally in the company about this whole Shane McMahon story and have not gotten an update uh, as of yet. Um, so 
This is very strange. He was announced on the show that he will be wrestling at WrestleMania. They set up the match with Daniel Bryan, setting up the tag match with him and Shane against Owens and Zayn. And I think that at the very least, you have to question the severity of what Shane is dealing with. Um, The fact that it is the WWE that reported this, I think naturally you're going to have some skepticism, especially when a man is said to have had uh, diverticulitis and pending surgery and is going to wrestle in 12 days. Uh, So the other thing is that during this segment, it was almost like skirted around the issue regarding Shane. Like I did not hear Daniel Bryan announce this with the utmost confidence that Shane is going to be part of this match. So, I mean, what did you make of it? I mean, my initial instinct is that they feel like Shane will be ready somehow uh, for for the match. Even but if not a hundred percent, is that the feeling you had? Yeah, but you know, even if it is in a somewhat limited role, uh, that's what I took out of it. And knowing somebody like a Shane McMahon who you know does death defying things, he probably won't let something like diverticulitis try to stop him from appearing at WrestleMania. That's kind of what I took out of it. Now, what I think is that even if he's not cleared, they can go into the match billing Shane McMahon, and if for some reason he's not ready, essentially you've just kind of set up a handicap match for Daniel Bryan, haven't you? Which could still work. Maybe that's that's your one and only backup, is a handicap match. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's kind of hard to cast judgment not knowing all the particulars of this man's health at this point. Like this, it makes no sense that this would be some kind of weird WWE uh, misdirection uh, to go this way, like to put this in doubt or anything like that. So I think people are confident that there is something wrong with him. How serious is it? Does he really require surgery? Uh, does is this? Something where it is not as catastrophic as someone with like a full out. Like we heard from a listener on Monday who has battled diverticulitis. Uh, We have seen the catastrophic effects it has had on Brock Lesnar. So, you know, if this is something that it is significant, which diverticulitis is. First of all, I look at the WWE running a show in a commissioned state. Like, is there any point of having a commission if someone can be cleared and, and wrestle under this state within two weeks of being hospitalized. So I think there's a lot of questions just mm-hmm. about how significant this is and the fact that it's even a possibility uh, he can wrestle. Um, yeah, I, I definitely raise my eyebrows at this whole thing. Oh, we'll keep paying attention. Uh, what about Charlotte? Charlotte had um, just had th- th- this minor uh, dental procedure done last week, and it was more just a safety precaution this week. They did not want her wrestling. It's close enough to WrestleMania. Why are we going to do this? Uh, She was supposed to do two matches tonight as well. And she was just held off this week, but she will be fine for WrestleMania. And we will cover the mixed match challenge this week where Charlotte, who was set to take on uh, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks with Bobby Roode was replaced by a fan voted in Becky Lynch. And, and Charlotte will resume her spot next week. Is Mm -hmm. that true? Yes. All right. Oh, I guess I just ruined that recap. Uh, So anyway, we start off SmackDown from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they spent the first five minutes of the show recapping Daniel Bryan's announcement last week and the injury angle. This was a lengthy video package to start off the show. And then we had a lengthy match to follow it. 
Randy Orton and Bobby Roode supposedly to take on Jinder Mahal and Sunil Singh. But Jinder comes out and Sunil is in a sling and a neck brace from his attack last week. And he cannot compete tonight. So Jinder has a new partner. He traded a tiger for a lion. And out came Rusev along with Aiden English. I was waiting for like a lions, tigers, and bears joke to make. And this is our new match. And this match, wait, you could have told me it was 45 minutes. I sometimes wonder if it's just me that feels this way about this grouping. I mean, you know, I've, I've not been shy about my, my dislike about this match at WrestleMania. I think it is the, the one WrestleMania match that has uh, the least amount of my interest and seeing a preview of it here didn't really help things. And I thought having Rusev in there would have really helped, but uh, it, it definitely did feel like a long match. Early on, uh, Rude hits a blockbuster to Jinder, and then Orton throws him into the barricade. He takes Sunil Singh, sorry, off the apron and throws him into the barricade after it appears Sunil was faking his injury. Um, they get the advantage on Orton. Jinder's offense included coming off the second turnbuckle with a karate chop to the head. They hit a top that, rope. That's clo- probably one of the more memorable, exciting things about his offense. Because uh, the sure. rest of it, man, he really is one of the most boring wrestlers in this entire company. Um, it's, I mean, it was obviously very apparent during his title run, but especially now, now that he doesn't really have the storyline nor the prestige behind him with the championship matches, he just, oh, he's like forced to, he's he's relied upon to carry these tag team matches, and and he's just. He is just it's a it's a real struggle for me watching him. They they went through one commercial break. They went through two commercial breaks. They had the heat on Rude working on his back. Tom Phillips noted it's a pivotal night for Rusev getting a win this close to WrestleMania. He needs to get that momentum. Orton tags himself in. He's being passive aggressive with Rude who's annoyed with the tagging. Uh Rusev uh Ends up getting hit with a draping DDT. Orton sets up for the RKO, but then Jinder knocks Rude into Orton. They argue, RKO to Rude, and then he turns around, and Rusev hits him with the Machka kick, pinning Randy Orton. And this would lead to the announcement later uh, that we are going to get a fatal four-way for mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Well, I think the addition of Rusev is is a real positive. I mean, I had the thought this week that, hey, why not put in somebody like a Rusev into the match? Because he, he's way too popular for the Andre Battle Royal. And let's be honest, this matchup between these three needs somebody. Needs somebody who the audience actually wants to cheer for. And, you know, Randy Orton is very popular, yes. Uh, but I, I really, I don't know a, 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 anyone who has a desire to want to see him win this match. You know, there's nothing for him to gain. He's already won the belt. Uh, Bobby Roode, sorry, like not not captivating at all. Uh, and and of course it's Jinder Mahal. You have nobody that the that the audience, in my opinion, really wants to see win this match. Nobody that the audience really wants to cheer for. Now, granted, Rusev is is in there as a heel, but at least he makes this match interesting. He's somebody that is in that ring that I think fans will want to see do well. Whereas the other three just inspires nothing for me. No zero, zero emotion. I think this should be the opener on the kickoff show. I think this is your best chance of whatever fans are there are going to gravitate towards Rusev and Aiden English's entrance. And uh, 
You know what? If this match ends up dying, it's this is a sacrificial lamb on this card. This no, should go in the dead spot. There's no way that Randy Orton will start off WrestleMania. I I think that's they 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 wouldn't do that. I mean, I feel like this will be a good main event for the kickoff. You know, a good mm. way to drive interest to the to the main show. Uh, even though that the kickoff doesn't really do that anymore, but I I don't think so. Watching this show, they put so much more care into the 205 Live program than this. That's because 205 uh, Live has, more, you know, the time only if you watch 205 Live. But the point, the 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 problem is most people don't watch 205 Live, but they know Randy Orton. Well, I will bet you a regular sized coffee that this is going to open the kickoff show. Wow! All right, I will okay. take you up on that. Well, what do I get when I'm right? Thumbs up. Okay. After the break, Jinder finds Rusev and says, Rusev, I've been looking for you everywhere. They were separated by a commercial break. I don't know how they could have gotten so far apart from one another, but I was perplexed by this. He wants Rusev and a guest to attend his Punjabi celebration at WrestleMania, and he's going to get Rusev front row tickets. So apparently, tickets available. Rusev says that's very generous, but he just pinned Orton. So he's going to go find Daniel Bryan to make this a fatal four-way and make it Rusev Mania. And that is the match for WrestleMania. So Rusev in a better spot than being a random guy in the Battle Royal. I'm very happy for him. I, I think... You know, seeing the reaction that he's received, the amount of T-shirts he's probably sold, the amount of calendars he's probably sold, he deserves a far better spot than the Andre Battle Royal. And, I mean, him being injected into this match makes that match a bigger match and automatically makes him the biggest star of that match. I mean, and I'm including Randy Orton. I'm talking about at present. Wasn't it notable on this show that, you know, if they made the decision, we're going to add a fourth guy to this U.S. title match. And I absolutely believe this was the person they should have added it to. But mm. what does that tell you about Dolph Ziggler's stock? Because oh. I am sure, like, this guy has, if anything, at least some loose connection to this U.S. title that he abandoned. And he's the one in the Battle Royal. And I think that, that tells you everything you need to know about uh, Rusev just usurping this guy and leapfrogging him in the depth chart of SmackDown talent. Yeah, I, I didn't even consider Dolph in this. Man. That, the guy who only came back so that he could challenge for the title at WrestleMania. Right. And not for no reason. And here's the idiot who gave up his title and is now in the Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you cannot make a guy look more ridiculous than Dolph Ziggler these last, uh, these last couple of years. I was going to say months. AJ's in the locker room. Shinsuke walks in. He's worried about AJ. He says he's lost his confidence and wants him to be at his best at WrestleMania. So he wants AJ in his corner tonight because he needs him. And he will be out there so that nothing gets in the way of their dream match as AJ agrees to this request. I thought in this entire show, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura actually delivered his English lines pretty well. There was I a- thought, yeah, yeah, we'll get to the closing segment. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed Shinsuke's um whole post-match interaction with AJ. Becky Lynch and Ruby Riot had a singles match. Becky swept her on the edge of the apron, landed on her back, and then gets driven into the mat, uh, works over the back of Becky, bunch of forearms, uppercut. Riot uses the middle rope for leverage. Referee catches her, and then Becky goes for the disarmer, uses Ruby to knock Morgan off the apron into Sarah Logan. There's a roll-up by Ruby that gets countered. Becky gets her own roll-up for the win. In six minutes, 
And then Logan and Morgan go to attack Becky and both get thrown over the top rope because, as Tom tells us, it's all about building momentum with one week to go. Yes. The Big yes. Mo. The Big Mo. All Did you see Seth Rollins' uh, tweet? Like, they announced a match um, yeah. between oh, yes, him and Balor, I think, for next week or something like that. So they, they announced next week's Raw match and Seth quote tweeted it with big caps, momentum. So we're they're definitely in on it. It's it's I, I I await the momentum T-shirts so that I can buy you one for Christmas, John. Oh, have you have you seen the the WrestleMania um, shirts that are the merchandise that they have put out? No, they've they've put out their catalog of like every possible thing you could think of with the WrestleMania uh, logo s- slapped onto it. Mm-hmm. One of the WrestleMania T-shirts is. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to send this actually to sure. Way so that so that I can get his uh his legitimate reaction to this this T-shirt that I just I can only assume in my vain sense is a uh, inside joke on my life. Oh, is it a, a women's battle royal trophy shirt? No, it's not. I just sent it to you. Okay, let me check it out. Maybe you'll have to buy this this T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I've seen this. Wrestle freaking mania <laughs> for a cool $37.79 Canadian. Yeah. That t-shirt can be yours. Well, it is crazy. I'm looking geez. at all this stuff that they've come up with. It's just, it's unbelievable. Wrestle when, when you go to that access store and you just see all the shit that they make, it's crazy. It's very impressive. The machine that they built and yeah, well, um, sorry, what were we talking about here? Let's, let's get back on track. Yeah. yeah Becky versus uh Ruby riot. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty good, good match. I thought Riot looked good. Becky, you know, is an extremely likable baby face, but sort of has been neglected from the main event role now for, I mean, for over a year now, really. Um, I can't really think of her last single storyline. Can you? Yeah. Here we thought maybe Charlotte would get her at WrestleMania months ago. That did not happen. Yeah. Daniel Bryan comes out with his new t-shirt that says fight for your dreams on it. And he loves being in Pittsburgh. Now, uh, this was covered in the Observer Newsletter last week. The fact that Daniel Bryan was originally supposed to be checked out on this week because they were going to be in Pittsburgh, which is where Dr. Joseph Maroon is based. Mm -hmm. So could you have imagined? And it was apparently it was just sped up a week because they wanted to figure things out. And that's why it got moved up a week to he had to fly from Abu Dhabi where he was doing PR all the way back and got cleared on whatever it was the last week. Hmm. So could you have imagined if you had all the Shane stuff going down and then today Daniel Bryan gets cleared? Mm-hmm. What a week that would have been for I, that I, match. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just browsing the other shirts on this uh, WrestleMania shop. Are there any winners? Oh my God. They're making, <laughs> so they're making like new Orleans versions of like all of their classic shirts. So for instance, the new day, instead of bootios, they have, Voodios. I think they've worn that on TV once. Okay, well, how about instead of the Hardy Boys, they've got <laughs> Hardy Gras. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Hardy Gras. Okay, uh, D-Generation X have a new shirt. I got two words for you. No law. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's brutal. Oh, even, God, the one next to it is the worst. Not even a word. Nola, your role. Nola, your role. That's pretty good. Come on. You you would be proud of that. 
I guess if oh I came up goodness. with it, I would think that. Uh, anyway, the, uh, quite amusing. And uh, hey, man, shirts are in. Nala three sixteen. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah, there's a lot of just kind of standard designs that I'm looking at below here. Mm-hmm. Okay, a ho- just buy a hoodie with the big three four on it. Just a thirty four. Yeah, they like to abandon the numbers, except that, unless they they have T-shirts to sell. Maybe it's because I'm looking at the Canadian prices, but man, sixty seven bucks for a hoodie. The dollar's pretty weak, unfortunately. Wow. All right. Uh, we continue on. Uh, Daniel Bryan's out to cut his promo. He talked about being cleared last week. After fighting to come back, and then Owens and Zayn tried to take it away from him. And he proposes another opportunity for Owens and Zayn. And people ask, why do I continually give them opportunities? And he says it's because that Owens and Zayn were in the trenches with him. They would give him a bed when he needed it to, when he needed one, and they came up together. And he proposes Owens and Zayn taking on himself and Shane at WrestleMania, which got an enormous reaction when he stated this. And then just casually notes that due to complications from the attack, Shane has been hospitalized, but he's got good reason to believe he'll be ready to go. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And if Shane and Brian win, Owens and Zayn remain fired. And if they lose, Owens and Zayn are reinstated on SmackDown Live. Yeah. 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 Well, first, I thought it was a really good performance from Brian. I mean, I would say if there's a silver lining to his three-year hiatus, it's that perhaps he's his time out of the ring has helped him feel even more comfortable speaking in front of the crowd because at this point, he definitely feels very comfortable and natural out there doing things like this. Uh, the announcement of the match, I think, is something we expected, but the, well, I guess what we didn't announce was that they continue to announce it unchanged, uh, even after all this news of Shane McMahon. So I think it remains to be seen. I imagine they have a number of backup plans in place. Yeah, it's uh, like, we'll see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, to, to me, it's like, if you're not 100% on this match, I would not have announced it. Mm. What do you think of the uh, the Owens and Zayn um, firing angle? Do you think it's working? You know, do you think, uh, what do you think of Owens and Zayn's uh, Twitter uh, interactions over the past week? I mean, they're they're trying to just have some fun with it. I don't think anyone takes it seriously or anything like that. So. Yeah. The El Generico uh, Twitter account has been uh, reinstated, or there's been some activity after several years. Is he not back on Pro Wrestling Tees? Yeah, uh, that is. Yep, they have a sale, El Generico sale. I don't. I wonder what that means, but uh, well, I'm sure that's that's part of it. But uh, he owns that. I, I guess they, he can't stop them from selling that. Yeah, it's it's you know have some fun with it, but yeah. it is what it is. I, it, I think that it's. Uh, I think you you give people a a stipulation like this that it's you know you can still have Brian have his big moment and then I think this could very well lead to Owens and Zayn going to Raw you could do whatever you want. Um, Kevin, Kevin, what's Kevin Owens' Twitter? He's changed it. This this was the most impressive thing. Okay, yeah. to sell this angle, he changed his Twitter handle to Fight Steen Fight. Yeah. And when you change your handle, if you're verified, you lose your check mark. <laughs> so he lost his verification for this angle. So what is his Twitter? Fight Steen Fight. 
Okay, let me look this up. Fight Steam. Fight. Um. Wow. Well, so I'm sure he can get it back without much issue. I'm sure he can. I would. I would. I wonder if he was aware of what happens when you change your your handle. No. What's a verification but anyway? Who cares? Who cares? Uh, so anyway, that's uh, and the promo ended with Brian listing his jobs as a general manager. Sorry, I'll tell you the issue though. I wonder if somebody else has fight Owen's fight because I'm on fight Owen's fight right now and it's somebody else. Oh, is it? Someone snatched it? Yeah, maybe. I'm hoping it's him. Well, the the account the account's tweets are protected, right? So maybe maybe he's just got it and he's uh, or maybe it's somebody else locked it up. Well. Someone's got it. Great. Maybe it's um. Maybe Chase Owens grabbed it. So at the end of the promo, he says he's sick of meetings, he's sick of paperwork, and he's sick of wearing these blazers or whatever the hell this thing is. No, it was definitely a cardigan. It is a cardigan. He fought for three years for his dreams to compete. Owens and Zayn tried to take his dream away from him. He will fight at WrestleMania, and says, I've been holding back some things because I'm the GM and there's young kids in the audience. But at WrestleMania, I'm going to kick Owens and Zayn's ass. Oh, oh and the children were just crying. They were holding their ears. This is a great promo. Just mm-hmm. a great, like, back-to-basics kind of promo mm-hmm. that you don't typically get in the WWE. Yeah, it's so nice to just have like a pure baby face that's just like, you know, vouches for heroic acts and, uh, you know, exemplifies great, um, you know, good guy traits that the crowd is behind. Like, I feel like over the past 20 years, typically when somebody does this type of character, they just happen to get booed because it comes across so tryhard. But Brian is one of the few that can do it and have the crowd actually buy into it. So that was the setup. Um, I don't know. I I read this segment as they have their fingers crossed that this is all going to work out with Shane. And again, I mean, if this guy is wrestling in 12 days, it cannot be as severe as originally thought. Well, do you think he could have a, a you know protected role in the match enough for him to, to just get out there, do a big spot? and I can like, if this guy needs surgery, like, yeah. he should not be anywhere near a ring. And this match specifically, where it's been so violent in the lead-up to it with the angles, I don't think you can do that. Like, I would not be putting this guy in a ring at all if he's got half of what they were describing him mm-hmm. having. This WrestleMania is kind of shaping up to be pretty uh, interesting coming down to the wire with, you know, injuries to, to Shane and, and AJ Styles. I sense there's a lot of interest in WrestleMania this year. I think that Ronda Rousey, Daniel Bryan, I think that that's all. I mean, the potential of it being Brock's last match, whether you believe he's leaving or not. Um, there's a lot of just different um, stories going on that I think are going to heighten interest next week that WrestleMania feels like a pretty big show this year, which I don't know if I would have pegged it that high Two weeks ago when you didn't have Daniel Bryan involved. I think that's added a significant amount of interest to this show. Mm -hmm. Then we got the return of the text promo way. My eyes have missed these. Our perpetrators were Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Rockstar. Artist. Real athlete. Smackdown Live logo. WrestleMania logo. Make it happen. Turn it up. 
Well, okay. Uh, text aside, uh, what did you think of the promo from Shelton Benjamin? Um, okay, he delivered. Right? He delivered his scripted lines in the order that they were designed to be delivered, and Gable kind of nodded and added some words of his own. Hmm. So this was fine. I was I was waiting for Shelton to say, "It's been three long years since you defeated me in the G one, mm-hmm. but tonight, Nakamura, I come for revenge." Well, they didn't completely ignore that history. It was mentioned that they these two had wrestled each other in Japan. Well, on the WWE's Twitter today, they promoted this as the first time ever. And then Is I that guess right, or, or did they mean first time in WWE? They said first time ever. Oh. In the WWE? Were, I checked. They didn't put except uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling in brackets either <laughs> in the tweet. So, uh, mixed match challenge promos uh, featured Bobby Roode just alone. Looked so lonely here. And said, whoever his partner is, they'll win. And they'll do it with flair. New Day comes out. And Big E states they had been sitting pretty on their road to WrestleMania. So sure of their championship destination that they brought out their Tom Toms. Which Xavier corrected, saying Garmin. Which, going on past history way, I myself am a Garmin user, and I know you had a Tom Tom. Yes, wow, I'm, I'm impressed you remember that. I remember our trip to Calgary Damn. using that Tom Tom, and yeah. it was frustrating at times. Oh, okay, was your Garmin that much better? I don't know. Well, um... I'm brand loyal, though. Yeah, I mean, do people... Do you still use the GPS? I just use my phone. I use my phone. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently not the New Day. Their road was bludgeoned with trash, and then they specify those pieces of trash with the Bludgeon Brothers, and tonight they will run right through them and get back on their road to WrestleMania to reclaim the tag titles. So the Bludgeon Brothers came out, and we had a quick match here. Xavier Woods, they explained his entire back was taped up from the attack by the Bludgeon Brothers, which you really felt bad for Xavier because if only there was a backup participant within New Day that could take his spot while this man is clearly hurt, that would have been wonderful. But instead, Fresh Kofi just decided to send Xavier here to get bludgeoned. Didn't they get, all get beat up at some point? Didn't, didn't, um, was it Big E that got beat up last week, two weeks ago? It was... Um, well, Kofi was beaten up, and that led to the uh, Big E teaming with Jimmy yeah. coming off of Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it was Xavier but, that had the big injury. Yes, he he, he requires all this tape. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel. It's, I know it's been like probably like four weeks since Fastlane, but I feel like a return like that should have been treated with a bit more, um, maybe surprise and and just uh, I don't know, triumph. Yeah, he was just back. Uh, until you brought this up, I didn't even realize he hadn't been on since Fastlane. Mm. So, what a comeback. Rowan sent Kofi into Biggie on the apron on the floor, so when Woods got to the corner, he couldn't tag anyone. Rowan grabbed the mallets, but then the Usos ran down. Match is thrown out in a minute 54. The Bludgeon Brothers are sent to the floor. Then the Usos and New Day are shoving one another, and the Bludgeon Brothers return with the mallets of death, clearing the ring, and we have our three-way match for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was fine. Uh, it, it feels like this week the feud has cooled down a little since uh, Fastlane. But I feel like they can drive the interest back up. I mean, in previous weeks, this, this, this I think, 
has been driven by a lot of great intense beatdowns from the Bludgeon Brothers on the New Day and the Usos. We didn't really get much of that. In- instead, we kind of got the New Day's attempts at a serious promo, and I felt like this week they didn't necessarily hit that note. It still felt somewhat jokey to me, whereas the rest of this feud has seemed very serious. So, you know, they can drive that interest back up. The match is made official. I think it'll be a good match, knowing the participants involved. My, I have a slight concern, depending on where the match is placed, that maybe the audience might not be so interested in this in the context of the rest of the show with the star power that's also on the rest of the show. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, if it wasn't for that one promo the Usos cut about never having a show on the main card, I would assume this would be on the kickoff too. Mm-hmm. Well, compared to all the star power on the other in the other matches. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they announced this, and yeah, I I I do feel like there are really aren't any stipulation matches on this show, right? On WrestleMania. No, I mean, um, you know, stipulation for the Daniel Bryan tag match, but not you know, like like we don't no, have any no visual stipulations. And I mean, I know that we're kind of in an era where stipulations are overused, but I do feel like some of these matches in the, in a card of fourteen could use. Something like a no DQ or, you know, a ladders or whatever, mallets, tables, ladders and mallets, whatever. I certainly feel like this is one of those matches that could couldn't use one of those boosts. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just look at this tag match that when you're booking a show this long, I think you inevitably have to have some matches that are not designed to steal the show. I think that, you know, throwing a stipulation on this match. I almost think it's a waste of a stipulation because how much focus is match number 12 of 14 really deserving? Um, I think these, I think this match is going to be fine for what it is. Um, and I think a ladder match, you almost have to give them at that point, like 15, 16 minutes, which this match is probably not going to need or not get. Hmm. Show continued after that. And Tom Phillips noted that Shane McMahon was discharged today from the hospital. True. Maybe he had a miracle cure. Do you Maybe believe that? Really... Do you believe that he was discharged? I don't know what to believe on this show. I, I have no reason to not believe that. You know, maybe he was he was probably in the hospital maybe earlier than what when we heard the news. They did do a feature on Charlotte and Asuka, and that was kind of the only focus on that match uh, tonight. Not much you could do with Charlotte not on the show. Uh, Brizongo are at ringside, standing next to the Andre the Giant trophy. And Tyler Breeze is getting ready for his match with record scratch Dolph Ziggler. And they quickly announced that all three men are in the battle royal. Yeah. And, and this concludes the several month long Dolph Ziggler story vacating the title returning at number 30 in the rumble then going for the eliminate uh, what was it the the fast lane main event to try and get the title shot and it all ends with Dolph Ziggler in a battle royal he should have call, called out the undertaker he didn't think of it no obviously not this was a strange match. It more focused on Fandango on the outside than it did the two men inside, including him running laps and then getting a cramp and getting tired. And Ziggler won with the zigzag in two minutes and 11 seconds. He super kicked Fandango on the floor and then just stared at the trophy. 
wondering where is my career going? <laughs> yeah, no reaction for this. Um, Dolph is just kind of back to the place where he was, if not even lower. What a like this this battle royal. I'll say both battle royals. Just the epitome of we can't actually physically give you an intermission at this show. So here are these two unofficial intermissions I, on the show. You know, I actually wonder if 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 they will put both of these on the kickoff because I I do feel like something like a battle royal could be a great buffer between you know two very hot main events. Uh, it's just like it's mindless you don't have to think about anything you just watch guys get out of the ring it's a perfect break in between your two main events i think you put both on the main show not necessarily both but i think it's something to consider yeah i i think you could do you could do one on the kickoff one on the main show or to your point you could put both on the main show just to break up some of the big matches that are on the show. I imagine one is on the kickoff. That would be my guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then one goes on late. Um, mm-hmm. That would be something if if you were to have... No, you, you could put it anywhere. This is when they officially announced the Usos, New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers for Mania. And then our main event is Shinsuke Nakamura, Shelton Benjamin. Nakamura hits him with a knee to the rib, sets up for the Kinshasa, but then Gable gets on the apron, and AJ is there in Nakamura's corner, pulling down Gable. And Benjamin comes back with a Northern Light suplex for a two-count. The pay dirt is countered with an arm bar, then into the triangle. Benjamin tries to escape, eventually lifts up Nakamura, gets out, and Nakamura hits him with a knee off the second turnbuckle and the Kinshasa for the win. To me, the match itself didn't really have enough substance to be anything memorable. Uh, maybe they were a little on time, or maybe the commercial break just took out most of it. But it was not, um, or maybe it was the idea that you know, hey, these guys wrestled in New Japan; they must have had a really great match. So expect a similar level of match on this show. Uh, this was probably not anything that was close to what they uh, did at the G One. Um, but I, I, I do think it's like. It's an interesting move for a main event on SmackDown to put Shelton Benjamin in there. Shelton Benjamin, who hasn't had any singles main events since he's returned on the roster. He's not even the focal point of his tag team most weeks. But here, they chose him for this role. And I I guess the only reason is because he has a history with Nakamura from Japan. Um, It's a match I was looking forward to, but in execution, didn't really deliver. Yeah, so then we have Nakamura thanking AJ for being in his corner. But he tells AJ, I didn't need your help. I only wanted you to see how I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. And AJ, fully indoctrinated into decoding promos in the WWE, responded, you're playing mind games, right? And he says that AJ won't be playing any games at WrestleMania. It's a dream match for him, too. They're going to tear the house down. That's what we do. And he's going to prove to Nakamura that he's the best. Nakamura says he will beat Styles because he is too emotional. And then Gable and Benjamin jump both of them. Nakamura returns for the save, sees that AJ is down, and sets up for the Kinshasa, runs at him, but then holds up just to show AJ he could have had him and tells him knee to face and pats him on the head. As Tom Phillips says, talk about a mind game. And calls it a dream match moment at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. 
I thought Nakamura was very good here. Yeah, I really liked all the physical stuff at the end. And even, you know, a lot of the verbiage that Nakamura uh, delivered on this show, he he did it well. Um, and I don't know what changed about it. It didn't feel awkward. Um, he didn't have a mouth guard in there. I mean, the lines weren't cringeworthy. I thought they were all very good lines, and he did a good job delivering. I really love the tease of the Kinshasa at the end. I think this is the type of stuff, the physical stuff, that Nakamura needs to do more of. They've almost kind of honed in on with him, uh, sort of like a Heath Ledger Joker type of unpredictability. And I think that's exactly kind of the, the tone that a, a weird character like him should be playing. So, you know, I mean, we're two weeks le- out of WrestleMania, so, but it feels like they're, they're trying to, they're beginning to figure it out with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Great, great. We got two, <laughs> we got one more show to go, and they're starting to figure it out with the Royal Rumble winner going into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that the prime focus of this show was was Daniel Bryan um, locking in all of that stuff. I will say, you take out Daniel Bryan from this show, and I guess this was a week where you did shine a bit more on the undercard. Nakamura and AJ. But yeah. man, is there like a deep step down once you get out of like yeah maybe i'll save the tag division which but it's like there's so much on this show that it's Mm -hmm. the women's division to me is not doing a whole lot on this there's all the stuff with the u.s title um rest in peace the top 10 list uh that's right anyway i I feel like this was a show that they used to maybe uh give a bit more attention to the undercard of the match uh, of smackdown and that's you know uh the 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 women's battle royal the the men's battle royal I would even put the tag team match in there maybe the the Bobby Roode Rusev U.S. title match uh, next week though you're gonna have to really ramp up your main event angle you're gonna have to ramp up the Shane McMahon Daniel Bryan Kevin Owens Zayn angle and then you're gonna have to ramp up the um, what am I missing there um, uh, Asuka and Charlotte um, so this week just like Raw I would say maybe outside of the Daniel Bryan stuff and even the the Nakamura stuff, maybe still a skippable, you know, low in the build to WrestleMania before hopefully next week when they peak. From there, we go to the Mixed Match Challenge and take it away. Oh, okay. So Becky Lynch wins. The choices were, I mean, the choices were Lana, Carmella, and Becky Lynch. So surprise, surprise, the babyface won the fan vote. She is the replacement, temporary replacement for Charlotte in the Robe Warriors. She comes out with Bobby Roode uh, or whatever. They came out at some point. I tuned in late. Sorry. They're taking on the Boss Club, Sasha Banks and Finn Balor. And this is, of course, after Sasha Banks and Finn Balor themselves won the second chance vote. So in this semifinal, we have three people who basically didn't earn their place uh, by winning and Bobby Roode. So... uh, I would say this match was uh, quite good. You know, there were two good singles matches within the body of this match. Uh, the the combination of Sasha and Becky, I think, is always tremendous. They do a lot of trash talking to start. Becky throws up the four horsewomen sign. And then Sasha in the ring, she cuts a promo saying, Oh, yeah, four horsewomen? You saw what I did to Bailey t- last night, right? And then Becky says, Yeah, I saw what Bailey did to you. Oh, so what Sa- did Bailey do to her? Bailey got murdered. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe she means that earlier. I don't know. 
Uh, so Sasha, though, is I would say clearly, you know, uh, working as a heel now, or at least a baby face with a f- much harder uh, heel edge. I would say she's a heel, sure. Uh, some really good stuff between Rude and Balor as well. It's so strange how Bobby Rude, you put him against a Jinder Mahal or, or Randy Orton, and I find him so dull. But against a guy like a Finn Balor, I mean, I, I, I like him. So, I mean, I thought the match was good from both the women and the re- and the men, but the crowd was not there. In the finish, Balor was uh, going for the coup de grace, but instead Sasha wanted to tag in. So she tags in, and she delivers her double diving double knees to Becky, and then she decides to suicide dive onto Bobby Roode. So the women, you know, can attack the men, but not vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the ring, Becky, seeing a distracted Sasha, steals a win with the schoolboy. So... I'm I'm a little confused, sorry. So Becky wins the match for Bobby Roode and Charlotte. So next week, we are getting Charlotte and Bobby Roode taking on The Miz and Asuka in in essentially what will be a preview of Charlotte and Asuka. Right. Okay, so Charlotte's back next week, and Becky has just handed her a spot in the finals. Yes, yes. What a great friend. I mean, yeah. I mean, what did Becky get out of this? Other than an extra uh, match, you had to work tonight. I mean, good cardio, bit of a uh, workout. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, at the end of the show, Kurt Angle comes out. Pittsburgh Zone. He only comes out to just to remind us that the winning team's charity will win a hundred thousand dollars. So thanks, Kurt. <laughs> Wouldn't have figured that one out without you, <laughs> Kurt. Thank you. It was just an excuse for him to appear in, in front of Pittsburgh. Sure. All right. Well, let's get into 205 Live, which was our final show of the evening. Started off with a preview of tonight's four-way with comments from all the participants. And then on commentary tonight, we have Drake Maverick joining Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness. Just for the first match. Uh, for the first match, yes. Yeah. Mark Andrews took on Tony Nice up first with Drew Gulak watching in the back. Uh, nice stopped a dive with a running back elbow. And then uh, Nice applies a body scissors. And Vic Joseph notes that we haven't had a cruiserweight champion since before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I was trying to, re- was trying to remember who this was. Hmm. So it, it proves that Enzo has not been completely erased because his title reign existed. It's not as though they, uh, it was like a ghost holding this title and they just said, we haven't had a champion since October. Right. They don't mention his name. A human was holding this title. He mm. will not be named. Yeah. But it was a he. Uh, Andrews catches him with a tornado DDT and then a moonsault off the turnbuckle to the floor. He then uh, hit this rolling body scissors into a double foot stomp, the Stomp 182. And then we have a power slam attempt by Nice turned into the Stun Dog Millionaire. And Andrews hits the Shooting Star Press to win in 11 minutes and 18 seconds. And my highlight of the show was Nigel McGinnis calling the replay of this shooting star press where, I hope you all uh, save this, according to Nigel McGinnis, Mark Andrews hit that shooting star press by getting 25 feet up in the air. (laughs) 25 feet. I'm amazed he was alive when he came down on his chest from Mm. this distance. 25 feet in the air, the shooting star press. Is that even possible if you include, like, the the height of the ring? No. 25 feet. How tall would that be? Like, two stories? Three stories? 25 feet. (laughs) 
Like, how tall is the ceiling? Would you say ten? Uh, Nine? standard ceiling. Like, like in the room you're in, yeah. in your basement. No, that's no, no, probably no. not in the basement. Um, okay, whatever, whatever. So yeah, this was sure ridiculous. That's almost yes. that's almost eight meters, eight meters away. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, jumps really high. This guy, so, camera doesn't lie. Uh, I thought a really solid match, but it's you know sort of the, sort of the usual story. Guys are working really hard. Crowd doesn't care, um, but they do get them a little by the end. I, I thought Nice and Andrews both look great. I think Nice's offense looks spectacular, and Andrews is just you know a really good archetypical underdog. And I would almost argue maybe too archetypical. Like he's just kind of generic. I, I have to say, um, but in ring he's really good. And I also have to say, Vic Joseph and Nigel, I think these guys continue to do a great job. Uh, their talent needs to be mentioned because they, they've they been impressive. Vic Joseph in particular uh, in, in these Cruiserweight matches. Then uh, afterwards, Maverick granted Mark Andrews his request for a rematch against Drew Gulak, which will happen next week. They met in the tournament that Gulak won and then held on to the Gulak uh, for too long. Dasha goes to get Gulak's reaction here and almost screwed up Andrew's name going to call him Gulak, and Gulak corrected her and says, if you step up to him, you will tap out. Good promo here from Drew Gulak. And then we just caught TJP chilling out, man. He was laying down in a stairwell, checking his phone. Then he had to adjust his baseball cap backwards and then just took a sip out of his coffee. <laughs> Dude, it's got to get ready for my four-way, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I hope he shows up to Wally Mania. That would be my the best if TJP makes an appearance. Do you follow him on Twitter? I do not. He, uh, he went to Starbucks on Tuesday. <laughs> he was not happy stating that it is not hard to get TJ wrong. On your Starbucks cup, and someone happened to get oh, TJ wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to ruin this, so I, I hope you continue giving me these very detailed TJP updates uh, every single week. It's, I'm just uh, keeping you updated. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thanks. All right. Well, we move on. <laughs> and uh, next, we had our sit down interview. It was Drake Maverick hosting a face-to-face with Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. This was very much done in the style of uh, HBO's face-off program with Max Kellerman, where they just bring up two guys and bring them to a table, and it's very dark. Um, A face-to-face. Exactly. A face-to-face. This is a literal face-to-face. Yeah. They start off laughing about, man, can you believe we're here? It was just last year we were in the skybox in Orlando watching the Hardys return. Are they are they both surfers? I, well, that's that? The, the, that was the vibe they were giving <laughs> me here. Maybe I'm still in my TJP voice. Uh, Cedric says he's going to make his family and friends proud, but then Ali says, "Wait, what about that that last part? Because you've tried before and and failed to win, Seti." And it just so happens that your pen runs out of ink at the end. Okay. 
You're butchering these lines. No, I'm not. That's what he said. No, he's, Ali says Cedric has been writing beautiful stories about running into obstacles and facing adversity. But at the end of all these stories, he runs out of ink as he fails each time. He didn't just say he he fails and then runs out of ink. You know, like like he just happened to be carrying a pen as he's wrestling. It was okay. a metaphor. Yeah, we, we have a figurative pen for these figurative stories with a figurative ink running yes. out. Yes. Ali mentions he has his own daughter and says they're going to tear the house down. But this story is going to end with the title high over his head. Cedric says he will sacrifice his body and even stomp out the heart of 205 Live. So we have established Ali is the heart and Cedric is the soul. And Ali says, well, that's exactly what you'll have to do. And despite your accusation, I thought this was a very good segment. I really like this. I mean, I wish these two had this type of screen time on Raw rather than, you know, just a random cruiserweight match. Because, I mean, after seeing something like this, I'm really hyped for this match. We know that they're both fantastic in the ring. But I think what sets these two apart is, you know, how they're they're able to convey their personalities in a setting like this, which we really haven't seen enough of in Tool 5 Live. I mean, save for, you know... Some this this cruiserweight tournament, uh, where where these two have been able to deliver some great promos in in various different settings, and I really I thought this was the perfect setting for these two to you know uh, convey their I guess um, personalities and and their adverse adversities and uh, they're they're both baby faces going for the same goal, and as a result they hate each other because one person wants to stop the other from achieving that goal so i i I really like them i think they're two of the better promos i mean if you compare them to the main roster i think these two are better than people like roman people like finn balor on the mic so i hope they get some more mic time uh especially on raw but i doubt that that'll happen yeah you could argue like there was more like thought and care put into this than i would like compare this Yes, AJ and Nakamura, I think tonight was a step forward, but that's like your championship match with your Rumble winner. And I've been I've been very underwhelmed with the actual buildup of that match, and I think they're just resting on the laurels of, it's going to be a, a great match, let's mm-hmm. not get in their way. That's mm-hmm. what it feels as though it's going to be, and people will remember the match, and they're not going to think at all about the buildup, which theoretically this television is done to enhance mm-hmm. programs and pique your interest rather than just taking something as a given and that's what I feel AJ Nakamura has been as we're now one week away whereas this is a match that actually feels like it's building there's upward momentum towards their match well these guys started at zero and this tournament they've tried to build it into at least something Mm -hmm. Um, final match was the four-way TJP Kalisto Akira Tozawa and Buddy Murphy and Nigel McGuinness notes the Santa Monica Dojo. Apparently, that's the rebranded version of the New Japan Dojo that TJP learned out of. Kalisto and uh, Tozawa are arguing on the floor, and they would end up arguing throughout the match. And TJP, I thought, was great in this match. He had some really unique uh, three-way submission spots. He applied this. It was like this cloverleaf sharpshooter combination where it was like, the execution of the cloverleaf, but done with the leg coming overwards, uh, with the leg underneath his armpit for like a sharpshooter um, 
visual yeah. as well. He also did a, a an Indian deathlock abdo- abdominal stretch uh, double team combo, like him doing a move onto two people. He also had this cool like Glory Guerrero rack and this hanging deal. Like it, it, it looked great. He was there's a lot of creativity here. Tozawa hit a, a suicide dive to TJP on the floor with his leg catching the rope, but this guy goes at such a fast pace he just powered right through. Kalisto then followed with a springboard somersault to both, and then it finished with a Topicon hero from Buddy Murphy. And then, I thought this was awesome. We had a surfboard applied by TJP to Kalisto. Mm-hmm. So then Buddy Murphy slides in between them to go pin TJP, who is delivering the surfboard, and then Tozawa comes off the top, breaking all of it with a senton that they called the House of Cards, which to me, was the standout spot of this match. Yeah, for sure. This was something I hadn't seen before. I mean, I I, I imagine maybe at some point in the world, some somebody had done this, but I, I don't I don't care. Like this looked awesome. It was uh, again a lot of creativity shown in this match, and and some great f- timing uh, and great physical ability from these four men to be able to pull it off so perfectly. Kalisto kicks off of Buddy Murphy to hit the Salida del Sol to TJP, but then is immediately knocked to the floor by Tozawa with a seated drop kick. And Kalisto is pissed, not understanding how this match works as Tozawa went to steal the pin. Murphy then sent both to the floor, turns around into a knee bar from TJP, and Kalista and Tozawa reluctantly work together, pulling TJP to the floor to save the match. Murphy dives onto them with a, a tornillo to the floor and then returns, blocks a detonation kick, catches TJP off the ropes with a reverse cross into the Murphy's Law, and pins TJP at 1337. This was a great match. Oh, yeah. I really thought so. I, I thought all four men looked amazing. I think the injection of, you know, Buddy Murphy and uh, I guess Kalisto as well into this existing cruiserweight division has really helped everybody. I feel like everybody in this match felt reinvigorated. Everybody was working fast. Uh, there's so much more creativity in a lot of these spots. And I mean, I, I think about all this and I'm, I'm a little disappointed when I think about the match that the Cruiserweights had on raw and how unimpressive performances like that are. Whereas the night following, we know that these guys can pull out things like this. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there are reasons for that, but, uh, 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 at this point, I mean, I wonder how many people are even paying attention to 205 Live to be able to see a match like this, but I, I was glad I tuned in tonight. Yeah, I, I thought TJP like worked really well. Like He came across as like kind of the glue of this match. I, I thought he really stood out in this as well. Um, every, everyone looked good in the match, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, they were really teasing Kalisto being upset with Tozawa, and that's how the show ended. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll do a singles match with those two next week. So. Yeah. 205 Live uh, is, is, continues to be good. Like this. I like the two-match format. I yeah. like to, the two matches, and this show, I'm guessing, like it felt like shorter than your typical show. I think 40 minutes is a real good time for this show. Mm-hmm. Don't overstay your welcome. I think sometimes yeah. they, they are committed to three matches, and it's just, At like, that there's po- a certain drag to it, like oh that late God. in the night. At that point in the show, like I'd, I'm just, I want to just go home. Like I want to... Turn the TV off and and move on with my day. Like they they already have a tough enough time to compete with, you know, uh, all the star power that preceded them. To to put like uh, a number of meaningless matches afterwards is is really tough. So I definitely do feel like two is your 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 high limit. All right, so that was a uh, two hundred five live, 
And we now head on over to the forum, forum forum.postwrestling.com. Tonight, you people all voted on tonight's SmackDown Live and gave it a 6.5, destroying Raw this week. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. We, We start off with Lorenzo from the 505, which is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, long-time listener, first-time poster here on the SmackDown Feedback. SmackDown was pretty good. I'm happy that Rusev Day is going for a title and not in the Battle Royal. I'm looking forward to the Usos versus New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers. Good package for Charlotte as well. Becky just seems to get hotter and hotter. The passion of Daniel Bryan is awesome, and he got me pumped to see him wrestle again. So with the stipulations, do you think that Sammy and KO win? No. I think Daniel Bryan losing would be the stupidest idea and that would really cover some ground. I don't think so. He could lose without getting pinned. Uh, I think that's a really just a bad foot to get off Daniel Bryan's return. I think just Bryan's character Bryan's character is not one that has to win. In this match, I think he should. Mm, I disagree. We got a mark from Vaughn who says, I'm glad they decided to add Rusev to the U.S. title match, but he's definitely cooled off in the past few weeks. Still think it has to be on the pre-show when you look at the other other 13 matches on the card. Question, do you think there's another shoe to drop for the Daniel Bryan match? His challenge proposal was pretty subdued and doesn't lend itself to the climax of a big video package. I find it hard to believe Shane can be ready for Mania when he's hospitalized less than two weeks out. Is the bait and switch coming on the go-home? It'd be ridiculous at this point to turn Bailey heel. Or sorry, Brian Heal, which the stipulation sort of implies as a possibility. Mm, I, I don't see how you get to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, either. Oh, the firing. Well, like if Brian, no, I, I just I hope they don't turn him heel. That would be pretty dumb. This Daniel Bryan return, it's not. It, it's you do not need to overthink this. Yeah. You've got your top baby face who has literally fallen into your lap, not literally. You have been given an incredible, incredible gift. Like, why would you even be contemplating such things? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I'll like this was not done like this massive announcement with Shane. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it was very much tempered um, that uh, it would not surprise me if we find out that this is they're hoping legitimately they're hoping that he's okay without knowing for sure, which again, given what they have outlined that this guy is dealing with. Um, you're, you're definitely taking a gamble. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Steve from BC writes, really enjoyed tonight's SmackDown. This may have been the best Nakamura's been since he's been on the main roster. He sounded way better on the microphone, both in his backstage segment and post-match. I love the growing tension between him and AJ. Daniel Bryan was great on the mic again and has really brought back some much-needed interest to SmackDown in the last two weeks. Finally, I thought Becky and Ruby had a pretty good match and was a good follow-up after Ruby and her pay-per-view match with Charlotte. I can't help but notice Becky may be one of the most underutilized females on the roster right now. She's a super over babyface. I'm fearful she could get into Dolph Ziggler territory. What do you guys think of a move to Raw for Becky after WrestleMania to freshen up her character as she seems to just be treading water on SmackDown at the moment? Yeah, unfortunately, you're talking about a show where I mean, even Sasha Banks and Bailey don't have a singles match uh, on the show. So Becky and Naomi characters like that don't really have much of a chance. I I definitely feel like she should be a priority uh, after WrestleMania. She's been kind of waiting a little too long, and I think the fans are ready to see her have a big program and a title run. So I mean, I would do it. Um, does it need to be on Raw? It wouldn't hurt. Um, but I certainly feel like she 
should be uh, given a bigger role. We got a Brandon from Oshawa. I'm going to try and be positive tonight, even though I thought this was a, another garbage show. I watched on fast forward between intermissions of hockey, and I stopped for two things. Rusev and Daniel Bryan. Even though he's being thrown in 10 days out from WrestleMania, I'm glad Rusev is getting something other than the Battle Royal. The Daniel Bryan promo was confusing to me. I love the fire at the end of it, but the announcement of the match seemed to kind, seemed kind of off, and I don't know how I feel about the stipulation. Obviously, Owens and Zayn aren't getting fired, which would mean they'd have to win, but I really don't see Bryan losing his first match back. I feel like there is more to this angle to come next week, which is about the only thing left that I'm looking forward to in the final two shows before WrestleMania. Yeah, they would never blatantly promote a stipulation in a Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania and then do the complete opposite the next night. Like, you you would have to honor the stipulation, right? Like, if um, The Undertaker were to beat Shane when Shane's trying to get control <laughs> of Raw and then he just gets control of Raw anyway, yeah, I mean, Owens and Zayn have to win. Mm. Have to. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the show. I just read the results. Okay. I, I I appreciate everyone that sent in feedback, but if you didn't watch the show, I'm not that interested in what you think happened on the show. So we're skipping over to Mike from Minnesota. I really enjoyed most of SmackDown tonight, but I really wish Charlotte was there to hype her match. I feel like they're going into WrestleMania pretty cold be- being on separate shows. I love the Shinsuke AJ stuff. I really feel that should be the match to close out the show. So let me get this right. Ziggler gave up the U.S. title and quit SmackDown for something bigger, and the bigger is that he's in the Battle Royal. I think it would be a pretty fun contest for your patrons if we could guess the match order for WrestleMania, maybe have a couple of prizes for the ones that get it right. There you go. Maybe that could be a contest way. There are 14 matches. That would be very hard to call those in order. How do we tabulate something like that? Well, we could do it where if you guess the opener right, you get one point. Oh and for gosh. each successive one, it's two points, three points, four points. Let's call it Chris Angler. That's beyond me. Yeah. As I learned in the New Japan Cup, it took me like a good like 45 minutes to tabulate that myself. That And that was with like 25 people. So mm. this could be much bigger. Uh, we will we will reach out to the authorities. But on this show, um, so we have 13 matches announced. We'll probably get the 14th with Cena Undertaker. How many title matches do you think are on this show? Without without so, looking, all of them, right? Not all of them, no. So which one's missing? I'm trying to think. Oh, the tags. No, oh, those are on the line too. Um. Oh, by by all of them, I mean not every match at yeah. WrestleMania is okay, a title so, match. So but how many? Like the number? How many titles are there in the WWE? Is what you're asking? Um, I guess I am. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine title matches yeah. at WrestleMania. I mean, how how many title matches are in Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, not nine. Um, do they even have nine titles? They don't have nine titles. No. no. Let's let's take a Whatever. look. Here. It's Mania. It's to be expected. Well, I'm just I'm just pointing out. You know what? It's not it's not that far off actually. Mm-hmm. New Japan. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of their ten matches for titles. All right, we got a Charbel from Victoria. Sorry, is it my turn or yours? Yeah, it's yours. Okay, we got a Charbel from Victoriaville, Quebec. I want a handicap match with Brian. I want to see a mega babyface reaction. I think it would be amazing to see the crowd respond to him at WrestleMania. I know he is, but he would be the biggest babyface WWE has. 
I know you probably don't feel the same, but I think the Cruiserweight's crowds are getting better. I really like the segment with Ali and Alexander, but clearly Ali is the better promo. Do you think the segment would have been better in the ring, and should Triple H start showing up to 205 Live like he does in NXT to hype it to the crowd? No and no. That segment would have done poorly in the ring. I was glad they did it away from the arena. I agree. I agree. And Triple H, uh, on the main roster, he's a different character. It's tough to... NXT is different because it's full sale. I mean, if this was taking place in full sale, then I would agree. But Triple H in full sale is different from Triple H in an arena where, you know, you're you're hyping up the video packages with the Ronda Stephanie match. And Triple H is, is just different to your casual audience. I think Drake Maverick's really good in this role. I mm-hmm. think he's great. And he comes across as genuine. Like, he believes this is the best wrestling in the entire company. Like, yeah. he is sitting on the most talented roster and like he just comes across as this tremendous ambassador for this show and he is yeah. he just looks at it as the most valuable property in the company. I completely agree. I think Spud has been a great get for the company and he's he's proven to be a very value, valuable hand. And I know maybe he's probably too good for 205 Live, but I I feel like he could potentially have a very long run in the company doing something else. He'd be a per, an excellent manager for anybody who has him. And, or even a GM for a Raw or SmackDown down, down the line. I mean, I kind of look at 205 Live like an extension of NXT for a lot of these guys as kind of their, you know, developmental and, and really, mm, I guess, auditions for something bigger. Uh, your turn. Last one here is Sam from Long Island. Loving the AJ Nakamura story leading into WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan's promo was amazing. I can only see Sammy and Kevin winning. Glad they made the U.S. title match a fatal four-way. Would rather see a six-man to unify the U.S. and IC titles. I know it's just the mixed match challenge, but I'd rather have Asuka and Charlotte not touch. I really hope 205 Live continues to improve. That four-way was intense. We'll see what they do with Charlotte and Asuka. I'm not so against it because, you know, if if there's anything I think we've learned from, like, seeing how New Japan builds their, their matches, it's that you can have all these multi-man matches as great previews. About uh, you know for for your matches to come, I think Asuka will win that match uh, because it's Asuka and she can't lose, and that'll give her great momentum heading into her title match with Charlotte at WrestleMania. The key to it all. All right. Well, as we mentioned, we will have a lot more shows coming up this week. We've got Keep It Two Thousand coming up uh, Wednesday night. Early Thursday morning, Thursday up next, we'll be dropping and those shows have their own feeds. So you can go to postwrestling.com, click on the subscribe button and you can sign yourself up free of charge for all of their uh, feeds. So you never have to miss a show from any of those shows, as well as British audio, British wrestling experience. And (laughs) Friday, Way and I are back. We've got Ask Away coming up. You can go sign up now, postwrestlingcafe.com and another bonus show Sunday reviewing Sakura Genesis featuring Kazuchika Okada and Zack Sabre Jr. And if you're a patron uh, of our ice cap, actually of our double-double packages and above, uh, you can see post-production videos right now for Rwanda Raw and also our unboxing video of our first-ever pieces of post-wrestling merchandise. These are the first pieces of merchandise we've ever had, and me and Wei did not even see them before opening... This box, so you get our genuine reactions and see what you uh, may be able to get your hands on in the very near future. 
So all of that is up there. Uh, we will be back later this week. Uh, you can go to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com, and we'll speak with you later on this week.